Hello everyone and welcome to Monique's Pet Whisper. Um, I felt the urge to share a little bit about why I make pet food or pet treats. And um, I'm just going to tell you all a little bit about the why behind why I care about animals so much and their coat. A um, long time ago when I was younger, I had a cat named Mo Gray. Um, when I received Mo Gray, he was a little kitten, and he was extremely sick. Um, in fact, that's partly why I named him Mo Gray, because his, his color was gray. But actually, he was a Siamese cat. Um, he, you know, my mom and I actually had to nurture him back to health. He really shouldn't have lived. That's how sick he was. Um, Mo Gray had... Uh, very leaky eyes, you know, so much pus in them, he couldn't even open them when he was just a kitten. But over time, through nurturing and love, and um, we fed him through like a little bottle, like a little, yeah, it was like a little bottle. And um, over time, through the love and nurturing, he got better to the point where he became a spunky little Siamese kitty running up and down the stairs and completely forgot he was sick. But there was one thing that always reminded us. Mo Gray had a really bad tummy. Because Mo Gray was really sick when he was um, a kitten, you know, that part of his life stayed constant. He could not eat or really hold anything in his stomach. So every time, for example, we, for example, we, my mom and I, my godfather, we would give Mo Gray, you know, wet canned food and we would try all these different foods, but he would always throw it up. Every time, um, you know, I would beg my mom to buy him treats, but then it was like, we would give him the treats, but then he'd end up throwing it up. So after going to the veterinarian and regarding this issue of his stomach, they just recommended one particular food that he could eat. And that food was IMs. IMs was a very is and was a very expensive cat food. But that was the only thing that Mokori could eat without throwing up. <clears throat> uh this really bothered me as a as a you know adolescent. I was thirteen years old, fourteen and I didn't feel comfortable like eating in front of Mogray because I could tell he wanted to eat what I was eating, but he couldn't. And I felt bad eating in front of him. And I started to develop this thing where anytime I was around like anybody's pet, I could have been over a relative's pet's house, you know, or just a bunch of things. and. Whenever I'm eating and the dog or the cat or the turtle or the bird is looking at me, I kind of get uncomfortable. I don't feel comfortable chowing down and the animal looking at me is like, okay, so what about me? And so that's kind of bothered me <laughs> for a long time and many years and uh, to the point where, no. Um, Mulgray's stomach, though, the inability to, to really share different types of food with him, 
it were always it always like bothered me but the thing about it was he it was like an exchange in order for him to be healthy and thrive he had to just eat the same diet um i think that lesson is can go beyond just mo gray but even how we eat and how we what we consume and how important it is to consistently you know eat well and um those are areas i struggle with but i'm i'm actually i made improvements but I, um there's some things that i want to change in my own life so my son he's actually very you know conscientious of what he eats cuz he works out and he really helped me to to pay more attention and be more aware of what what I'm this type of foods I'm eating so um but when it it comes down to why do I make these delicious pet treats and why am I so into this you know people may watch me on you know social media and you may think oh she's just making treats anybody could do that I'm like any anybody can do that ha 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 you know there's always the ignoramuses that you know it's it's kind of easy for people to make that assumption or people may say oh she loves doing it the question is why so it's the other thing that bothers me um is the fact that many pets you know many of our loved ones our pets they die they're like their their life expectancies is shorter and shorter and there's some things i want you guys to we need to talk about because it wasn't always like that so the real question is is why are pets dying at the rate that they're dying in terms of sickness you know the onset of certain diseases you know certain um, breeds not really living that long and there's all these different complications and complex things that are happening to our cats and to our dogs it you know even our you know horses um you know equal well I'll say equine you've got birds you have you know reptiles but there's something wrong why aren't they living as long okay why you know people yes we're living long but some of us are not and it, and it has to do much of it with our diet what we're eating okay same thing is applicable to to the pet and this is why many pet parents are concerned about what is actually going into their pet's uh tummy You know, the days of kibble was was really pertaining to the ability to mass uh manufacture food that was derived from cheap resources or inexpensive resources and um you know, these certain uh formulas were created to preserve the kibble um but there's some things that aren't right with it in in the way that it's breaking down into the you know intestines and into the um pancreas and and liver and the kidneys how all of those functions are 
actually being um, full, being really bloated with a lot of toxicity just from kibbles. This is not an um, unknown fact. But the truth is, is that kibble is in is accessible. There are ways that you can, you know, make it a little better or, or combine certain ingredients. But when we really do um, assessments, we have to ask why are pets really not living 18 years? Dogs should be living 21 years. You know, um, there's 25 years. There's been animals in the past that you stopped counting how old they were. It, it wasn't a, a, a cutoff. It was like you were feeding them your food and they were surviving just fine. And they were also roaming wild farms with different herbs. And you think these herbs that are inside of apothecaries, you know, these different medicinal herbs, do you think that they were like not growing wild a long time ago? Of course, they everything was growing wild. So animals were picking and choosing to even ingest herbs. What herbs am I talking about? Chamomile, for example, plantain leaves, you know, teasel, certain barks. Animals um, in general know the code of life and the code of, of, of earth in terms of what they can eat. You don't see them naively just going up to something and getting poisoned unless some human had something to do with it in, in a way that was deceptive. So the reason I'm bringing all of this up is because, you know, just as we chow down on our hamburgers, on our whatever we're eating, it could be plant-based burgers or whatever you're eating, your dog or your cat it may even be your goldfish, it may even be your little birdie, they're looking at you and they're wondering, how come I can't have what you're eating? Okay. When the bear is in your backyard and you're mad as hell, why is that bear in our backyard? Because he's hungry. You just, you know, his generations have lived there for the last, you know, 150 years. He's one of the last surviving bears, but you're that cherry that cherry tree and that those berry trees that are in your backyard, those once belonged to the bear's family. But over time, human consumption moved out his species. Okay? So then you get mad when the bear's in your backyard. Stop getting mad. There are ways to, to, to help the situation. Okay? The best way to help animals not to invade your space, human, because you really, we really invade their space, but we have to share space. Okay, there's ways we can be an advanced species and, and redeem ourselves by creating, um, you know, you know, creating like bushels of berries for bears like that are way out, maybe five miles away from your property you know, 10 miles away there, you know, if you planted those types of groves, if you even got a few honeycombs, I mean, a few beehives, 
and some crop. I mean, I'm really being serious here. And you gave the animals a little piece of all that you have. Did you know that the mice and the the little rodents, the rabbits, what you call rodents, and the um, snakes, do you think they'd be coming into your house or on your property? No, because why, they, why wouldn't they? They won't need to because they have their own food to attend to. When you train them to respect that, that particular space and, and, they're, and they're happy, they're, okay, well, this human is giving us this particular food and I'm not interested in going way over to what they have going because they kind of stink and they're kind of weird. That's what the bear's thinking. Humans have, a, they do some strange things we have everything we need over here. Some people are like, that never happened. They would come over. They, they would just take over. Actually, they wouldn't. There is a code that has already gone out in the animal and insect um, world about humans. About be careful with humans. You can die around them. It doesn't matter if you're a great shark. And it doesn't matter if you're a great moose. It doesn't matter if you're a bear because they have a really loud thing. And when it goes boom, it's got you. And it can take all of you out. Or they can spray some stuff and you're, you're gone. Okay, so even in that particular world in Matrix that the, um, of survival, don't think that they don't know about humans and the destruct, destructive ways that uh, we, we have. Feeding animals, okay? So I'm not talking to the one that doesn't really care about animals. You're, you, I don't know, you just don't really vibe with animals for some reason, but yet you may have one or you are forced to have one. You know, you, you play a really big responsibility in, in how that animal is treated. Um, there's a lot of people like that that should not have pets. But what you need to do is, since you don't have a choice, you need to be trying to learn from your animal and stop thinking you're, you're above the animal. Don't ever think that. Don't think that. This is in the cycle of life. It doesn't work that way. What you do is you respect it. And, and perhaps that snake won't bite you that's looking at you in your garden. That is a poisonous snake. They may choose to keep moving. Okay. But um, I want pets to live a long time. So I think that I've been given uh, some information from some other sides of life about um, a healthy gut. Like just being able to even, you know, use the bathroom on a regular basis, if you know what I mean. Well, your pet also needs to have something regular and they need to have an alkalinic stomach. They need to have an alkal a stomach that consists of in, al in alkalinity at least a seven or eight, because if they're functioning like in that capacity, then diseases cannot survive. 
But oftentimes the canned foods, because of the preservatives needed to, to ensure its shelf life, people are so concerned about, well, when does it expire? But what we need to be asking is, what did you put in here to make it last so long? That's the new question we should be asking. What preservatives are in here? Because think about it. If you have, if you're eating certain preservatives that don't break the food down, then are they actually breaking down in, in your body? How long is it taking a artificial preservative to actually digest or does it nestle somewhere in your intestines? Is it a gatherer of, of more, you know, kind of like little little acid bubbles and different things that start occurring in your stomach to the point where now you're starting to have actual stomach issues that start affecting other parts of your brain and your body. So what's happening with your animal? Okay, very similar set of circumstances. So how did dogs live for 25 years and cats just living, just living. And it wasn't abnormal. It was because their pet parents gave them raw food, you know, gave them some of the table scraps. You know, they were cooking their pet's food. They, they would put a little something together, raw chicken, you know, whatever it was, they, they innately knew, know, well, you know, animals eat raw food. They don't really eat cooked food. Although they can, they, you know, they'll, they'll eat barbecue. They'll slam that down too. They were barbecuing back in the day. So that's how pets started living long. But the rise of um, industrial fat factories, you know, mass production is, is the question is, is mass production always good? I would tell you, for maybe some products, yes, but for others, no. Because when you start mass producing stuff, that means, you know, you need, first of all, a lot of it, but in order to preserve it, and then it's going out to thousands and thousands of people. But if something about what it is isn't, or, or pets, let me go back to pets, it, it could be something going out to a lot of people mass produced with some artificial things involved contaminants or things that really over time are not healthy so those are the things you have to um, when you're shopping for your products you just need to research and make sure that you're giving your pet the best you know I am a big holistic person I am um, you know I I it, it baffles me when you Google certain information about cat, cats or dogs not being able to eat chamomile. Okay, something as simple as that. That's, you know, all the fear factor <clears throat> over natural products. Oh my God, what's that? I mean, a lot of pet parents aren't buying that. They, they're wanting that. But if you research certain information, you'll get mixed messages. If you ask your veterinarian, sometimes they're for natural and sometimes they're totally against it. 
So you have to use your intuition and say, okay, my dog's liver is failing. I need to do something. The veterinarian already told me to put my dog or my cat down. Is there any, um, is there any hope out there? And the answer is yes. Now, this is a, a topic that I have to discuss because sometimes, you know, as pet parents, you may be contributing to the decline of your pet's health because of your lifestyle. You know, if your your cat or dog, or or your it could be any animal, is around any kind of smoke, cigarette smoke and cigar smoke and whatever kind of smoke it is. Okay. I can't say the same about other kind of medicinal smoke because, you know, pets have been around smoke fires and powwows. Okay. But what I'm saying is chemical, chemically derived smoke, um, just like it's not good for you, it's not good for them. You should not be smoking around like chemicals and stuff like that around your animal. If you can help it, just step outside. You know, the vape pen, it may not be, may, um, may not be good for certain animals. And it's okay. Just take a step outside or maybe a, in a place where you can really get the smoke and the fumes out. Pretend like your pet is a little nine-month-year-old baby. Would you do that around your baby? No. Okay. So that's one issue. But there is another correlation that I need to share with you. If you are an alcoholic or you you struggle with drinking, I need you to know something. And you're not going to believe it. But then you're going to believe it when I tell you that that has a direct correlation with the potential liver function of your own pet. If your pet had a reason for their health to decline, it would actually be liver failure. I'm noticing a trend that pet parents that are heavy drinkers, for some reason, your, your liver is actually in trouble or it is very filled with a lot of toxics, toxins, and you're just rubbing your energy and your essence and aura all on your pet, being around them, probably taking it out on them to a certain degree. And then guess what? Probably not get feeding them correctly, maybe feeding them sugary stuff, things that are really toxic to their health. Okay. I believe that it's not necessary to put a, to to put um, pets to sleep in the in the capacity that they're being put down. That's me, and this is what I'm here to talk to you about. This is gonna piss some people off because some of you have already had to put your pet to sleep, so you you may be hurt hearing this. But don't be hurt. You know, some pets are suffering just like a human. You know. You just want to um, maybe rest and go on and transition. There are some animals that are, are there and they're at peace with that. 
and you pet parents know who you are. You know that you've had to do that. But however, in other cases, um, you know, there's other cases where the, the dog is not, or the cat is not ready to die. But you, you didn't give him enough. I mean, he, he or she is leaning on you for support. And there are those pet parents that really spent thousands of dollars and, and tried. And, and, per, and then perhaps it was this their time. Okay, so I'm not talking about you in this case, but I am talking about the impatient, abusive, um, abuser, pet parent who probably shouldn't have a pet, who spends their time drinking themselves to death, and who's not really uh, being attentive to maybe the certain needs that are needed for the pet. Meanwhile, calling your pet names calling them a little bitch. I've heard that come out of somebody's mouth to their dog when their dog was dying with liver failure. That's when I knew this dog was in trouble. You know, I knew he was in trouble. So there is a trend. And we just need to be aware of how our actions can can impede on the life of our pet. So a few things that I do is I I'm a person that infuses some kind of comfort and relaxation. I want I want pets to feel comforted. You know, there's often times just think about being what does it feel like to be an animal? First of all, you have these tall beings called humans walking around that's already scary okay you know they they have to live amongst other long larger beings and they're just trying to connect and feel loved but because of some of the baggage and the issues we bring home or we we pass on to our pet then dang you know, they get mistreated. I mean, some of the horror stories about how people just abandon their animals, go, go drop them off at a shelter and go on with your life. I, sometimes you have to because you can't take care of the animal. But I'm talking about the people that just are irresponsible and just didn't care. That, that's who I'm talking to, not the one that loved their animal and they just couldn't they just couldn't do it or manage it for whatever the personal reason was and I think it's unfair you know animals should be living much longer going back to this um, I make bone broth you know bone broth is really easy to make it's full of calcium you just need you know bones throw some femur bones and it's kind of like making a bone soup but it can't have any you know certain things in it that would disrupt their tummies but throw some chicken in there you know throw whatever meat cuts you want and just let it cook on low for two days give that to your pet you know 
find ways to explore. I, I have a full pet restaurant that I am launching. I think pets deserve to have more than what we give them. You know, but for Mulgray, my little kitty that couldn't couldn't eat anything and how I've seen so many animals look at me crazy when I just couldn't feed them what I was eating enough was enough for me um, that was one thing and that's why I have an assortment of delicious food even for pets that have anxiety that will not eat will actually eat my food that I make for them and for me that's gold I've had pets with liver failure to pets with anxiety from fireworks who refuse to eat anything. And um, that's because of the amount of love that goes into it. I think we should, uh, we should do more. And the last thing I'll talk about today, or this evening rather, why do I make um, skin products for animals? Because why wouldn't I? The problem is, is that people, you don't you have skin? Isn't our whole body an organ? Isn't it the big, our skin is the largest organ. It absorbs, it's a living, breathing, you know, vessel. Some areas have more hair than others. But for the most part, don't we have little little hair? Some of us are hairy all over. And some maybe not. Okay, so wouldn't you doesn't your back itch sometimes? Oh, but what about your leg? What about the back of your leg? Isn't it hard to how does it feel when you can't even reach certain parts of your back? Isn't that isn't that un- uncomfortable? Okay. Don't you like sometimes feel so desperate that you run near a wall with a corner and scratch your back because you just can't get that itch? Okay. Oh, and how about that was mosquito bites? Man, oh man. It seems like no matter how hard you scratch with your nails or you, you go get your little special scratching tool, it never, that itch just doesn't seem to go away. Okay. Oh, in the back of the neck. Man, what a vulnerable place. Could you imagine walking around just vulnerable to all sorts of insects? And you didn't have clothes to cover you. You don't have... Oh, let me not talk about those shoes. You know, imagine walking barefoot on a bunch of sticks and stones. How would you feel? How would your feet feel? Yeah, over time, it'd start to grow a callus, a real thick little layer, wouldn't it? Yep, just like a paw. You know, but in between your toes, owie, if a stick goes in there. Or what about some dirt or glass? Okay, what about all these things, pet parent? How would you feel? How would you feel if 
you had to listen to blaring loud music all the time or yelling high-pitched noises how would your ears feel what would be happening to you they'd be ringing neurologically what would that do over time it would cause a kind of re replay relay the skipping of a you know neuron a misfiring okay which could possibly lead to seizures it could possibly lead to you know depression it could possibly lead to a lot of things especially the sounds of sirens obviously that is an uncomfortable sound obviously because the dogs are crying every time they hear it okay you know how would you feel if you had a a, a, bat, a scratch that you could not itch how could you communicate that if you are a dog or a cat if your paw is killing you but you're constantly forced to walk on it and you can't do a damn thing about it but suffer after the walk is over by licking your paws when no one is around or just licking 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 hoping that your pet parent will understand that there's something wrong When your pet is constantly licking, it doesn't mean like lick your face. No, when they're licking their paws, when they're licking their arms, especially their paws, two things could be happening. Their paws could really be in, inflamed and they can actually be, have um, allergies. Allergies actually show up in a in a paw just like on a human being on your arms where you have your elbow and that little crack in your arm and it and a lot of times it sweats there and you have like little rash bumps around that it's kind of similar it shows up in an area where moisture and bacteria and different things would dwell <clears throat> It's an extremely sensitive area because it, the paw is able to ex extend and it has a what's called a web around that connects each um, little paw finger. So that, ha that means it's filled with a lot of nerves. It's filled with an abundance of nerves, particularly there. It is able to those paws are so powerful powerful that they actually can detect movement information um information is coming from paws being connected to the earth just like a hoof is getting information connect connection from the earth it's the same phenomena How would you feel if you could not, if you could not um, 
help your your skin. Imagine just being covered with itchy spots and rashes, and somebody had you had your feet and your legs bound to a point where you couldn't really get to those areas unless you fell on the floor and God for Lord, you know, hoping to rub on some part of the floor that can actually scratch your back. How hard would that be? When you see your dog or your cat falling out, rubbing their bodies on the floor, why don't you human use your long fingers, extend them out, put some social soothing hydrator, you know, cactus hydrator onto your hand, massage their coat, rub it in and brush. Put all of those itchy stuff, put it to shame, put it to rest. Use your fingers for good for your pet. It's not enough to give your, your dog or your cat a few little pats. You need to actually take 30 minutes and brush them to sleep. They will be stimulated just from that. They will feel really good for hours. If you did 30 minutes of brush time, I'm talking about three, four hours, your, your pet's feeling like, you, you know how when you go and get a massage, remember they tell you just to go home, don't try to drive, like don't drive far, just go home. Well, that's the equivalent. <clears throat> if you took the time and really brushed your, your pet, it's not enough to brush a dry coat. You know, for some reason, there's been a lot of primitive thinking dating back to the days of Adam and Eve. You know, man, man and woman is, is man is Lord of the world and the animals are cast down to to the man's feet kind of thing. And man is above and has higher intellect than the animal. And so whoever thought of that story um, is living in a falsehood because mankind is the only kind that can can have a shadow self so strong that the shadow self can overpower the human self, the, the, high, the, the, the good that is within that, that human and cause harm, cause calamity cause wars you know cause um, infections you know um, terrible terrible crimes so how can that be lord of the land okay how, how can that so that's why I'm, I'm beckoning you we have to look at our animals much differently because our ancestors did in the most recent of information, when you even observe ancient Egypt, don't you see animals all over their hieroglyphics? In their spiritual meditations, in their understanding of um, life and death and abundance and procreation and hatred and everything is, is has an animal attached. Whether it's, you know, the great horse, the hawk, you know, Rather, it is Anubis, you know, rather it is uh, just the Sphinx. And that's just one little snippet. But if you go into Hindu, you have your, your elephant, 
if you go in, into many different um, cultures, the Chinese calendar, you have the monkey, you have the rabbit, you, you, they're all going back to spirit animals. So why have we gotten so far lost in understanding this? And I think many people are, are on the quest and they're rediscovering something special with their animals. So this is my passion. Um, in many ways, I feel very honored and protected um, by animals, not by people, but by animals. Um, I have been protected. My life has been saved. From, you know, I have many stories to share about, the, about that. I have several experiences that I can go to. And I believe that they, our pets deserve the best. If you have a reptile, I also have a, a, a turtle named Baby Bo. He is an aquatic turtle. And even he, I remember one time I was eating something in front of him and I didn't, hadn't given him a treat. Do you know this turtle? I could not believe he did this. And this is after this hawk came to visit us one day. He did this the same day. He opened up his mouth so wide in, in the water and was like, nah, nah. he like started moving his mouth like, I want to eat too. I was like, I thought something was wrong with him because I was like, he couldn't possibly be doing that. So I called my son. I said, Cyrus, come here. Is everything okay with Bo? Then he's just swimming around like it was nothing. So then I realized, oh, he was basically saying, I'm hungry. <laughs> You're eating. I want to eat too. You know, and... So I will be expanding my food line and I will be making turtle food um, and bird food. So, yeah, I just think in fish food, I mean, these little flaky pellet things. Let me tell you all a little trick. I had some goldfish that I had swimming with my turtle. It was a little fish, but the, the goldfish started eating what I was feeding my turtle and that was lettuce and pellets. Do you know how big those goldfish got in like no time just from eating that? So I'm sitting here like and these little pellet them. So this other batch of fish I have in my room, they're eating like, you know, the little goldfish flakes. Some things are just as, I mean, you could, you hold one and it dissolves in your hand. And I feel like my fish are like, what the hell is this? And when they're eating it, they're just like, it's like not fulfilling. It's almost like eating some, you know, some watery grits, just not quite sticking to the stomach. And I said, nope, I got to make a change because when I start eating something in front of them, they start going insane. Like you ever, you guys, as fish do that too. And I know the little crappy stuff they're eating every day, day in and day out. Well, let's at least make it taste better. So that's what um, yours truly, I will be formulating a few other pet uh, lines of, of food. And I'm also hoping that my products can help monkeys, can help zoo animals that are laying on that hard concrete. You guys ever think about that? Have you ever actually looked at like some of the animals in the zoo and their legs 
have like, you know, they've obviously been laying on the on the hard floor, sleeping on that cement floor. What kind of crap is that? We have to do better. I mean, I'm not saying I can't change the world overnight, but if we're going to have animals locked up in a zoo, they need to have like a state of the art, like place to live. Not a hard cemented floor where they know that something's wrong. Like I can't move from here. You know, there are some zoos that are animals are loving it. They probably don't even know they're in a zoo. But from the zoos I've seen, I think we could do better. You really want to take care of animals in a zoo. If they have dry coat, if they have alopecia, maybe their coat is falling off. Have y'all thought about when your pet loses their hair? Ouch. That means, guess what? They're target for insects. Insects are like, hell yeah, here we go. Boom. It's like there's some animals that have, for example, they've lost patches of their coat. And they have different insects that have made their way onto their coat. And when that starts up, more hair can fall out. Next thing you know, you got a lot of your pet's missing hair because it's irritated. Now the skin is just irritated. So what happens when it's irritated? Dog is constantly scratching, biting, you know, you know, biting some of I've seen pets bite their coat. They're just trying to get that bite so bad. Meanwhile, you're sitting on the couch on your phone, not even paying attention. Okay. And then your dog is like laying in the kitchen, looking up at you like, uh, have you ever caught your dog or your cat giving you that look like, God, you're just pathetic human. (sighs) You're always on that godforsaken phone listening to that. I don't know. Some somebody yelling to the top of their lungs don't you see me over here you ever see your dog or your cat just start blowing or like making noise like 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 I am irritated my cat Mogra he used to always do that I'm like oh no you didn't oh okay so you're irritated you know just like what are you what are you doing and animals are very sensible they make us wake the hell up you know bo you know i've seen him recently he just has one of his you know he's got four fing- five fingers he's, a, he's got hands just like i do and you do he even has long nails that's what the males have i'm just like okay what's so different about you bo than that's different about me Well, Bo, I think you have two eyes. I have got two eyes. You've got, you know, 10 fingers and 10 feet, 10 fingers on your 10 toes. And I've got 10 toes. Hmm. You've got invisible ears, but I know you got them. You even have a neck like I do. 
Hmm, you got a mouth. You, you have a tongue. You have a nose. You even have two little nostrils. Dang, I mean, really, Bo, are we that much different? Hell, I, my skin gets scaly when I'm ashy. Let me not put lotion on for like a day. I'll be looking just like Bo. The only thing is I'm not carrying a, a shell, you know, but I'm carrying other fat along my body. Hmm, maybe me and my turtle are more alike than we are different. Okay, so when you look at your pet, let's make those same observations. What's so different about your dog or your cat than you? Don't doesn't your dog or your cat have two ears? Don't they have a eyes and nose and a mouth? Oh, you don't have a tail? Well, guess what? Some humans are actually born with tails. So there's this amputated. Oops, sorry to bust your bubble. Some of you are keeping that a secret. Moving along. Yep, there's uh yeah, we all kind of go to the bathroom, yeah. Have babies, yeah. Yep, just a lot of similarities. Only difference is dogs and cats have maybe a different and different sounds than we do. Oh, let's not talk about our horses. For some of you, the your horse got the same texture hair as you. Okay, some horses have curly hair. All right. Well, that yeah, they got two. Well, I got two arms and got two legs. Well, horses just have four legs, just like pets, dogs and cats. They, they do have arms and legs, I guess. They're just standing on them. Well, there's some humans that's walking on all fours, too, to be quite honest with you. Babies and creature-type human people. So my point is... Start paying attention to the things that you need. And when you really get to the intimate situation of the things that you need to feel comfortable, then you, you, when you'll really be thinking about, dang, well, maybe my, my pet's coat is dry. Well, it doesn't look, oh my God, it doesn't look dry. I mean, how can you say it? My pet's coat's not, not dry. Well, yeah, I do see a little bit of dandruff, but that doesn't mean it's dry. I mean, dry is like super flakes and like totally looking like it's like never been washed and like, you know, frizzly frazzly, like they've never groomed, but like Muffy does not look like that. Well, I, I disagree with you. I mean, her coat is totally hydrated. Yeah, I know she's always itchy, but it, I just don't want to talk to you about this because I don't want anything like... I don't know, like, what that stuff is. And, like, if I can't use it in my hair, like, oh, why would I put it in my my Muffy's hair? Yeah, okay. Well, I don't want to use it, okay? I don't care if it's for, like, humans do. Like, whatever. So, anyway, that's how some people think. <clears throat> Actually, a lot of people think like that, to be honest. But um, it's time to change that. You know, you're pet if they have allergies especially I mean that's serious I mean it's really uncomfortable it's really uncomfortable if your pet is having a difficult time breathing have you ever thought about that like if their eyes are itchy 
and there's obvious sinuses going on, that is miserable for your pet. Do you think they can go take a Zyrtex? Well, actually, some of the, some pets do have, you know, do take medication. But I think that there are certain natural products that I make that actually help with sinuses. Sinuses found in pets and humans. Everything that I make is human grade. I have people using my, um, I made a sinus, an ear. It's like a sign, it's like a, a ear and throat cleanser. You know, basically it's gonna really help with any kind of allergy and sinus, that itchy, uncomfortable feeling. Well, I really have bad allergies. So there's animals where the, you know, that allergy is so uncomfortable I mean, you don't even know how bad it is. And you're wondering why they're bouncing off the walls. Sometimes they're going, they're hyper because that's the only way that they can actually cope with the discomfort. You know, their personality type is not the type to just suffer in silence. No, they're going to be kind of agitated, um, just really irritated. And what happens is when pet parents, when, you know, you're into your problems or things that are really, that are affecting you and because you have a grandiose view of yourself as a human, you don't realize that, oh my God, my animal is actually really, really suffering. You know, I remember helping this cat. She, her entire back, I don't know what was going on, but she would go underneath the bed and somehow something was going on where her back was getting jacked up. It was just getting so irritated. So her coat, you know, I guess was falling out and she was itchy and she'd be meowing all night long because she was in pain. So I made her some hydrator and this was like long time ago, 2018, 18, 19, 21. It's like four years ago. And um, I ended up seeing the pet parent a couple months later. I said, well, how's your cat doing? And she said, oh my God, that stuff worked. She said her coat healed right up and she's been sleeping good. Like <laughs> everything changed. And so this product is, is, a, is, is going to change a lot of cats and dogs and tortoises and monkeys and elephants. It's going to change everybody's life. I mean, it is a revolutionary product. Um, it's special because I made it. And of course, there'll be people that have already had two people try to steal, steal this from me, but, uh, not working. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit about Pet Whisper. And so you can understand why I actually make these types of products and how I can help you understand, you know, what the issues are that are happening with your with your animal. So stay tuned. I will be back with a little bit of more Pet Whisper news and information that will help you with your pet and build a better nation. Thank you. Talk to you soon.